0: Hare Krishna. Welcome to this episode of Bhagavad Gita. And today's topic, today's verse is chapter four, verse nine. And today's topic is Krishna's transcendental birth and activities. Om namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om gyanatimirandhasya gyananjana shalakaya. Chakshurun melitam yena tasmai shri gurave namaha shri chaitanyamano bhishtam sthapitam yena bhutale swayam ropa hakadamahyam dadati sva vandeham shri guru shri yutapadakamalam shri gurun vaishnavam shri Rūpam sagrajatam sahaganaraguna tanmitam tam sādvaitham sāvadhūtaṁ parijana sahitaṁ krishna cetanya devaṁ śrīrādhā krishna pādhān sahagana lalita śrī visākhānvitāṁścā He krishna karuna shindho dheena bandho gopesha gopika kantarādhā kanda stute tapta kānchan radhe vrindhavana švari sute devi प्रणामामि हरि प्रिये वंशाकल्पतरु भ्यस्य कृपा संधु भ्ये नमो नमः नमः ओम विष्णु पादाय प्रेष्ठाय भूतले श्रीमते भक्ति वेदनं स्वामिनित्यनामिने नमस्ते सारस्वती देवे गौरवानि प्रचारिने NIRVISESYA SUNYA VADI PASCATYA DESHATARINE Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Adva Digaura Shri Gaura Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare So welcome everyone. Today's topic is Uh, Chapter 4 verse 9 Krishna's Transcendental Birth and Activities We'll chant word to word first and then line by line later So please chant after me Janma Karma Cha Me Divyam Evam yaha. वेत्ति तत्वतह त्यक्त्वा देहं पुनः, जन्मा न एति माम एति सह अर्जुना Janma karma chame divyam evam yo vetti tattvataha De Hampunar janma naiti māmeti sorjuna janma karma chame divyam evam yo vetti yaktvadeham punar janma naiti māmeti sorjuna janma birth karma work cha also me of mine divyam transcendental evam like this yah anyone who Veti knows Tatvataha in reality Tyaktva, leaving aside. Deham, this body. Punaha, again. Janma, birth. Na, never. Eti, does attain. Mam unto me. Eti, does attain. Saha, he. Arjuna, O Arjuna. Translation and purport by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Srila Prabhupada Ki Jaya. Translation, One who knows the transcendental nature of my appearance and activities does not, upon leaving the body, take his birth again in this material world, but attains my eternal abode, O Arjuna. So if you see the Sanskrit, Janma, Karma. Janma means birth, Karma means activities. Now we all have Janma, we all have Karma, we all have have our activities and of course we have we have been born here in this world. But Krishna's Janma and Karma are Divyam, means transcendental, divine, not like ours. Ours are forced, we did not choose our parents, we did not choose our country of birth, we did not choose our gender, we did not choose our race, we did not choose our intelligence, we did not choose our beauty, we did not choose anything, our species, nothing we chose. We were given this thing, this body. Why? That is explained in the Srimad Bhagavatam 3rd Canto 31st chapter verse number 1 Shri Bhagavan vacha Krishna himself actually Lord Kapila is saying this who's incarnation of Krishna he is saying janturdeho Striyaha Pravishta udaram pumso the personality of god had said under the supervision of the supreme lord and according to the result of his work The living entity, the soul, is made to enter into the womb of a woman through the particle of male semen to assume a particular type of body. So, as you can see here, Karmana Daivanetrena So, we have been doing our karma because of our past activities Daivanetrena, by the supervision of the Supreme Lord. He has seen what we have done and accordingly He has given us a body. So, in one way, we did choose this body, but not exactly in the manner that we would choose, um, you know, like our own free will. No. We have acted previously, and according to those actions, now we have gotten this body. So, Jantur Deho striya Striya Pravishta Udaram Pumsoreta Kanasrayaham. So, here again, according to our activities and supervision of the Supreme Lord. We are given this body and that too, how we enter through the particle of male semen and enter into the womb of the woman. Now, when he says, Krishna says, Janma karma chame divyam. Krishna did not take birth by any of these things. Uh, Of course, he can take birth even by this method, and he did in some of his, his incarnations, he did. But when he came as Krishna, he did not take birth like that. First of all, he did not take birth because of his past karma and because of some supervision of the Supreme Lord. I mean, he, he, he himself is his own supervisor. There is nobody, mata parataram nanyat, there is no above supervisor of the Lord, no. And so he chooses his parents. In fact, the parents, Vasudeva and Devaki, they were Sutapa and Prishni in the previous lives and they meditated for 12,000 years of the demigods with great um, tapasya. They did not eat anything but the leaves that fallen to the ground, dry leaves. And in that way, they were meditating on the Lord for 12,000 years. Why? They wanted to get a son exactly like the Lord. So when they actually saw the Lord after 12,000 years, they, they asked him, we want a son like you. So the Lord said, there's nobody like me. So I will become your son. So in this way, so then out of their prayers, then He accepted them as their parents. But we don't get to choose our parents like that. And Krishna can come without parents also. Like as Varaha, He came from the nostril of Lord Brahma. As Narasimha, He came from the pillar. So He doesn't need anything. He's already everywhere and He can manifest before our eyes if He wants to. So it is, He's completely independent. So therefore, in the sixth verse of this uh, chapter... He says, "Ajopisan Navyayatma, avya bhutana He is called Aja. Aja means he does not have birth. Aja. Ja means it stands for Janma. jaya So, that Janma is not there, he is Aja. Of course, we are also, we don't, the soul doesn't have a birth. But we accept this material body based on our previous karma. But he does not do like that. And his karma are also divyam, transcendental. And he does not take birth just by this um, seminal method by you know the semen going into the womb and then no, he can take birth other ways, like Krishna when he took birth. We'll just go to this verse Srimad Bhagavatam ten to eighteen. See this. Tato Jagan Mangala Sura Devi Dadhara Saravat Makamatma Karam Dakaramastaham. You see thereafter, accompanied by plenary expansions, the fully opulent supreme personality of Godhead who is all auspicious for the entire universe was transferred from the mind of Vasudev to the mind of Devaki. Devaki having thus being initiated by Vasudeva became beautiful by carrying Lord Krishna, the original consciousness for everyone, the cause of all causes, within the core of her heart, just as the East becomes beautiful by carrying the rising moon." See, in the purport Prabhupada writes, As indicated here by the word Manastaha, the Supreme Personality of Godhead was transferred from the core of Vasudeva's mind or heart to the core of the heart of Devaki we should not we should note carefully that the lord was transferred to devaki not by the ordinary way for a human being but by diksha initiation thus the importance of initiation is mentioned here unless one is initiated by the right person who is the right person who has krishna in the heart just like vasudeva had krishna in the heart so he must be possessing krishna he must be owner of krishna a devotee should be an owner of krishna then he can give Krishna to others. How can you give something when you are not even owning it? Hmm. Thus, the importance of initiation is mentioned here. Unless one is initiated by the right person, who always carries within his heart the Supreme Personality of Godhead, one cannot acquire the power to carry the Supreme Godhead within the core of one's own heart. Just like Hanuman, he showed that he carried Sita and Ram within his heart. So, a person, a Guru should be like that. Uh, he should carry the lord in his heart and then he can give it to others give him to others so this is the and so the way krishna took birth was by diksha so in the same way when a spiritual master gives diksha he is transferring you know he is giving krishna to the uh, disciple now the, like devaki she was very pure and she was very receptive and therefore she could get krishna in her heart and into her womb but we have to be such uh, we have to have such good reception and such good reception is caused by bhagavad gita chapter 4 text 34 how can we have good reception just try to learn the truth by approaching a spiritual master. Pranipatena. Inquire from him submissively and render service unto him. The self-realized souls can impart knowledge unto you because they have seen the truth. So, we have to have three things. Pranipatena Pariprasnena, Sevaya. Three things. What is that? Pranipathena means we have to surrender to the spiritual master. Adav Kuruvashrayam. Or in the um, Bhagavad Gita itself it is stated, Acharyopasanam. We have to worship the Acharya. We have to Pranipathena. Pariprasnena. We have to submissively inquire, not challengingly inquire. Submissively inquire. Prashna means questioning. Prashnena. But um, pariprashnana means submissive inquiry and then finally Sevaya, we have to render service unto him, unto the spiritual master. Then yes, we will have good reception and we can rece- receive the transcendental knowledge um, effectively. So you can see and also when he uh, when he was delivered, he immediately assumed his roop, four-armed form and big, you know, bright, and the whole prison house was illuminated with his effulgence. And that also doesn't happen. And then after that, he became a... Then when Devakiya and Vasudeva prayed to him to become small, and then, oh, please don't show your true form, otherwise Kamsa will come and kill you. (laughs) First of all, his four-handed form, who can kill him? Beautiful. So, but because of their parental affection, they were thinking, oh, please don't show that you are Vishnu. You know, Kamsa will come and kill you. So, please become like an ordinary child, so that he won't suspect. So, um, so he accepted their uh, request and then he became like a small child. So, his birth is not at all like an ordinary human being. So, that is his birth and then his karma, all the things that he did during his life in this on this earth are completely uh, uncommon, not even possible by anybody. So, we will go into more depth. Uh, But first we will read the purport See so translation one who knows the transcendental nature of my appearance and activities does not upon leaving the body Take his birth again in this material world but attains my eternal bodu-arjuna and The unique thing about Krishna's birth and activities is that anybody who reads about them anybody who understands them He himself will cross over the birth and birth and death so if even a person who is reading about Krishna's birth Will Himself have no no more birth in this material world? Do you think Krishna will have um, ordinary rebirth like us? No. So, <clears throat> Purport. The Lord's descent from His transcendental abode is already explained in the 6th verse. One who can understand the truth of the appearance of the Personality of Godhead is already liberated from material bondage. See? And therefore, he returns to the kingdom of God immediately after quitting his present material body. Such liberation of the living entity from material bondage is not at all easy. The impersonalists and the yogis attain liberation only after much trouble and many, many births. Even then, the liberation they achieve, merging into the impersonal Brahma Jyoti of the Lord, is only partial and there is a risk of returning to this material world. But the devotee, simply by understanding the transcendental nature of the body and activities of the Lord, attains the abode of the Lord after ending this body and does not run the risk of returning to this material world. In the Brahma Samhita 5.33, it is stated that the Lord has many many forms and incarnations. So by, I mean, from yesterday's, if you have attended yesterday's session, you will know what is this meaning of anantarupam, how many forms he has, how many expansions and incarnations he has. It's just mind-boggling to even start to understand. Forget about counting, but even trying to understand the categories of his expansions and incarnations, it is just impossible for us to even fathom all this. So. That is the Lord, you know. So his forms are Anantaru commanders. No way we can even understand. But then Krishna is asking us to understand. Janma Karma Chame Devam Evam Yovati Tatvataha. You have to know in truth Tattvataha. So how? First of all is cannot be understood, but then we have to understand him. So that will be explained. Although there are many transcendental forms of the Lord, there are they are still one and the same supreme personality of God, head. One has to understand this fact with conviction, although it is incomprehensible to mundane scholars and empiric philosophers. As stated in the Vedas, Purusha Bodhini Upanishad, Eko Devo Nitya Rakto Bhakta vyapi The one Supreme Personality of Godhead is eternally engaged in many, many transcendental forms in relationships with his unalloyed devotees eko devo nitya leelānu rakto bhaktav Vyapi haridyan So the same Supreme Personality of Godhead. He is engaged with different devotees in different transcendental forms. This Vedic version is confirmed in this verse of the Gita personally by the Lord. He who accepts this truth on the strength of the authority of the Vedas and of the Supreme Personality of Godhead and who does not waste time in philosophical speculations attains the highest perfectional stage of liberation. So if we accept this truth, then we automatically will cross over all that trouble that the jnanis try to achieve by speculation. Simply by accepting this truth on faith, one can without a doubt attain liberation. The Vedic version Tattva Masi is actually applied in this case. Anyone who understands Lord Krishna to be the Supreme or who says unto the Lord, You are the same Supreme Brahman. The personality of Godhead is certainly liberated instantly and con- consequently his entrance into the transcendental association of the Lord is guaranteed. So as you can see in the 10th chapter Krishna says Param Brahma Paramdhama Pavitram Paramambhavan Purusham Shashvatam Devyam Adidevam Ajam Vibhum So Arjuna says like that Param Brahma Paramdhama Pavitram Paramambhavan You are para Brahma." so here it is said tatvamasi tatvamasi is also same parabrahma bhavan so you are the, is the same meaning tatvamasi means you are the uh, parabrahman so by even by just saying that one is instantly liberated and consequently his entrance into the transcendental association of the lord is guaranteed so there is a verse in the Brahma Samhita, like I know, in, in support of this one, "Eko Devo Nitya So each and every devotee gets his chance to associate with the Lord in his personal capacity according to his mood of devotion. So that is explained in the Brahma Samhita, fifth chapter fifty-fifth verse. YAM KRODHA kama sahaja PRANAYADI BHEETI VATSALYA MOHA GURU GAURAVA SEVYA SADRASHIM TANUMA PURETE GOVINDAM TAMAHAM BHAJAMI See, I adore the primeval lord Govinda, the meditators of whom, by meditating upon him under the sway of wrath, amorous passion, natural friendly love, fear, parental affection, delusion, reverence and willing service attain to the bodily forms befitting the nature of their contemplation. However they think of Krishna, according according to that they will get their uh, body. See that? So, Krishna, that means they go to the spiritual world and some, some are friends, some are, some are like parents, some are like uh, conjugal lovers, some are servants, like that, in different different capacities. So now, in other words, such a faithful devotee of the Lord attains perfection and this is confirmed by the following Vedic assertion. So that means whoever says tattva you are the same supreme Brahman, is instantly liberated and attains entrance into the transcendental labor of the Lord. In other words, such a faithful devotee attains perfection. And this Vedic assertion, Tameva viditvati Mrityumeti nanyah pantha vidyate One can attain the perfect stage of liberation from birth and death simply by knowing the Lord, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, and there is no other way to achieve this perfection. Hmm. Svetashvatar Upanishad 3.8, chapter 3, text 8. That there is no alternative means that anyone who does not understand Lord Krishna as the Supreme Personality of Godhead is surely in the mode of ignorance. And consequently, he will not attain salvation simply, so to speak, by licking the outer surface of the bottle of honey or by interpreting the Bhagavad Gita according to mundane scholarship. So, what is this licking the outer surface of the bottle of honey? So, Bhakti Saraswati Thakur used to say this example and Prabhupada is taking it from there. So, if one has a bottle of honey inside, the substance is very sweet. But, if we just lick the bottle, uh, <laughs> if we lick the bottle alone, we can't we can't taste the sweetness of it. So just by having the bottle of honey is not enough. We have to open the lid and actually taste the honey inside. So, one who does not um, take the knowledge of Krishna as it is, for him, the bottle is you know, locked, sealed. And even if he tries to you know, lick the bottle from outside, he will not get any taste of the honey. So, people who read Bhagavad Gita, but who do not read in the proper way. Pro- what is the proper way? We have shown that many times. Whatever you say, Krishna, I accept as truth as it is, no interpretation. And one has to receive it from the evam parampara praptam through the disciplic succession. Otherwise it is not called opening the bottle of honey, it is still closed, you have to receive it through the proper channel. So unless one receives Bhagavad Gita as it is from the proper parampara, he will not understand Bhagavad Gita, however much he may be a Sanskrit scholar, it doesn't matter. One will never understand Bhagavad Gita in that way. The only way he can understand is by going to the bona fide spiritual master, surrendering unto him, inquiring from him submissively, rendering service unto him. This is the method by which one can understand, open the bottle of the honey of Bhagavad Gita or the whole spiritual life. Such empiric philosophers may assume very important roles in the material world but they're not necessarily eligible for liberation. So such people, when they um, talk on Bhagavad Gita in their own speculative way, many people may follow him, because he may be a good orator, he may be a good speaker, or a good writer, but even though he may have huge popularity in this world, there are many people like that actually in this world, who try to interpret Bhagavad Gita in their own way, and they have millions of followers. But they may get the acclaim of the people of this world, but they will never get the approval of the Lord to enter into his abode. No chance. See? So we have to be uh, humble and take the knowledge as it is, not try to, you know, uh, manipulate it. Such puffed up mundane scholars have to wait for the causeless mercy of the devotee of the Lord. This is the thing. Now such puffed-up people, they have to wait for the causeless mercy of the devotee. One should therefore cultivate Krishna consciousness with faith and knowledge and in this way attain perfection. So this is how we have to understand Krishna, Janma and Karma through from proper Sampradaya. Now I just wanted to uh, share some uh, prayers just before the birth of Krishna by the demigods because that is in relation to Janma, Karma, Chame, Divyam. And before that, I'll just share one other verse from, actually a few other verses from Kunti Devi's prayers as well. We can see how she's also mentioning so many reasons for Krishna's birth. Now, we are forced into this world, whereas Krishna comes for a purpose. He actually already, um, you know, planned out all his purpose and he even sends his um, Devote his first to appear in this world, so that they can be his parents and other elders. So he has his own own plan. Now, all those um, different reasons for which he comes are explained nicely by uh, Kunti Devi. Now we will see that it is also these verses that I'm going to show is also related to yesterday's two verses, four dot seven and four dot eight, because it's all connected. Mm-hmm yesterday also we could have actually gone through all those verses but you know (laughs) the expansions and incarnations took up the entire time and that is also important to understand though so okay here we are in the 32, 33, 34, 35 so in the these four verses Many reasons are given why Krishna comes. Okay, kechida hura jamjatham punya shloka syakirtaye yado ho priya chandanam. This is one dot eight dot thirty two. So the translation is. Some say that the unborn is born for the glorification of pious kings and others say that he is born to please King Yadu, one of your dearest devotees. You appear in his family as Sandalwood appears in the Malaya hills. See? So, some say that the unborn is born for the glorification of pious kings. Like, in the, in the he actually took birth in the Yadu dynasty Yaduvara, that's why it's called Yaduvara or Yadupati, like that. Oh. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, you see, you appear in his family as sandalwood appears in the Malaya hills. Now, Malaya Chandanam, Malaya Seva Chandanam. So, in the Malaya hills, and Prabhupada writes in the purport here, that in Malaysia, it used to be a sandalwood plantation. I mean, sandalwood used to grow like anything in the hills of Malaysia. And... um, it is called malaya satchandanam the, Ma- the malaya hills got their fame because of sandalwood so everybody calls oh you know uh, Malaysia's sandalwood of course now there's no hardly any sandalwood there it's all rubber and oil and like that but previously so many years ago uh, that malaysia used to be a place where sandalwood used to grow opulently abundantly so Actually, the, the the main thing is sandalwood. But because sandalwood appears in Malaysia, so that Malaysian hills also become glorified. See, So, Krishna is the actual glory of everything. But when he comes in a family, that family is also glorified. And wherever he is there, the place is also glorified. Now, there are so many wars going on, like First World War, Second World War, and now some mm, fighting in the India-China border. So there is always some wars going on here and there. But why are devotees... Um, interested in the war of Kurukshetra because Krishna was there. So, war itself has nothing, has no devotees are not interested in the war. They are interested in Krishna. But if Krishna is interested in some war, then devotees also become interested in that war. (laughs) Just like another example is there where a hand-pecked husband is actually there in the story of Puranjan. Puranjan or Pururava? I think Pururava maybe. So when his wife was looking at something, he would also look at that, and when you know she would uh, do something, he would also do the same thing, you know, like that. I think where is? Um, I think it's Pururava, Pururava or Puranjana? I forgot. I think maybe Puranjana. One second. Let's try to see. Okay, maybe if somebody can, um, you know, if somebody can maybe find out and put in the comments, we can see that. Uh, let me let me try once. Okay. this nice ex- explanation is given actually of um you know okay i'm just trying to find that verse here I don't know, maybe somebody can find it and put it in the comments. Puranjana. Ah, you see. You see this this is what I wanted to show. Yes, I got it. Four dot twenty five dot fifty seven through sixty one. Um, yeah, yes, correct. So this is the thing. So he said here. Sometimes he used to go to his um, private home with one of his chief servants, the mine, who was whose name was Vishuchan. Okay, we are talking about this. We'll just read the 56 as well. Being thus entangled in different types of mental concoction and engaged in fruitive activities, King Puranjan came completely under the control of material intelligence and was thus cheated. Indeed. He used to fulfill all the desires of his wife, the Queen. So this is, of course, in a, in a, in a bad way, in a, in a hand-pecked husband who is just a plaything in the hands of a woman. But you, you see how a man becomes interested in something because his wife is interested in that. That is a symptom of affection, basically. But it looks foolish in the in the material world because actually he has no individuality of his own. He is just following his wife. but. That's how devotee is for Krishna. It's actually a symptom of affection. Okay, now you see. When the queen drank liquor, King Puranjan also engaged in drinking. When the queen dined, he also used to dine with her. And when she chewed, King Puranjan used to chew along with her. When the queen sang, he also sang. Similarly, when the queen cried, he also cried. And when the queen laughed, he also laughed. When the queen talked loosely, he also talked loosely. And when the queen walked, the king walked behind her. You see? When the queen walked, the king walked behind her. When the queen would stand still, the king would also stand still. And when the queen would lie down in bed, he would also follow and lie down with her. When the queen sat, he would also sit. And when the queen heard something, he would also he would follow her to hear the same thing. When the queen saw something, the king would also look at it. And when the queen smelled something, the king would follow her to smell the same thing. When the queen touched something, the king would also touch it. And when the and the <laughs> And when the dear queen was lamenting, the poor king also had to follow her in lamentation. In the same way, when the queen felt enjoyment, he also enjoyed. And when the queen was satisfied, the king also felt satisfaction. So, <laughs> so in this way, this is the. I mean, uh, that means he was very attached to her, although it looks very foolish. In, I mean, in the material world, and maybe sometimes even irritating. But this is exactly how a devotee is interested in everything that Krishna is interested in, you know. So, devotees are not interested in politics. But if Krishna is interested in some politics, then the devotee will also become interested in that because they, they are interested in Krishna. So Krishna got involved with the politics of Pandavas and Kauravas. So that's why it is a, it is a great scripture which every devotee reads and relishes and he reads the Bhagavad Gita and so many things he learns from that. So, in this way, the devotee's pleasure is to always follow whatever Krishna does and learn from it, you know, and be his devotee. No matter what Krishna does, even if he steals, uh, that stealing is also good. Anything that he, just like the in the just now the example of the queen and the king. So, she drank liquor, actually drinking liquor is not good, but he also drank. So, of course we are not stealing here <laughs> but when he steals we glorify his stealing in fact Bilumangal Thakur wrote that song chorashtakam a song about you know thief so like that uh, that's how um, things become glorified because of the presence of Krishna although otherwise they're not nothing special but because it's connected to Krishna then become special yes uh, Prabhupada gave the example where many zeros like, every material um, talent or, or anything that is good materially is actually of no value. Hmm? Like, for, for example, if somebody is a good singer, yeah, he will get a lot of um, you know following and fame in this world, but if he doesn't use that talent to serve Krishna by singing about him, then there is it is a zero because at the end of the day, at the end of the life, it will not help him. Towards liberation, so it is a it is a useless um, talent or is a useless useless asset. It's a zero. It doesn't get us anywhere. It gives us a false sense of happiness in this world, but other than that, there is no tangible profit. But if he uses that talent in Krishna's service, oh, then it is glorified. So Krishna, so Prabhupada said that every single material merit or meritorious thing is like a zero. It doesn't really help in any way but when there is one in front of a you know okay even one zero there's one zero now its value is zero but if you put one beside it then it becomes ten okay immediately the value increased so much from zero to ten and put another zero hundred put another zero thousand ten times it is increasing every time but actually only zero is increasing so because of Krishna the value is ex- increasing exponentially so everything that we have in this world has value if it is in relation with Krishna. If it is without relation with Krishna, however valuable it's, it may seem, it has no value. And that is explained in the Shrimad Bhagavatam 2934. Ritertham <laughs> yat pratiyeta napratiyeta chatmani tad vidyadatmanomayam yatha Oh Brahma, whatever appears to be of any value, if it is without relation to me, has no reality. Know it as my illusory energy, that reflection which appears to be in darkness. So again, the same thing. That if it is without relation to Krishna, it is is no no value. But if it is with relation to Krishna, oh, it has so much value. Even if it is just zero, one zero, it becomes ten. Whereas, even if it is so-called, so much value, even if one has so many zeros, it's only zero. It is By increasing the number of zeros, we won't increase the value of it. So, the value only increases when there is the one here, on, on the left. So, that's how Krishna Consciousness is. We have to add Krishna Consciousness, otherwise everything else is zero. And that is also explained in another nice verse in the Mukundamala Stotram, In the 30th verse of Mukundamala Stotram. Lord is compared to the gem, money. Money means uh, gem. So just like in a necklace, in a necklace, um, a gold necklace is still good, but when there is a diamond, oh, that is even beautified. So Krishna is the ornament of everything else. That's why it is said when Krishna wears ornaments, the ornaments don't beautify Krishna, but Krishna beautifies the ornaments. Usually, when somebody wears ornaments they look more beautiful because of the ornaments. But when Krishna wears ornaments, the ornaments look beautiful because they are on Krishna. So he is the ornament of everything else. He is the money. That's why it is, this verse is actually nicely composed by Kulesheke alwar It's about talking about him as a money or the gem which beautifies everything else. So Therefore it is said, Bhakta Paya Bhujanga Garuda Try Lokya Rakshamani, Gopilo Chanachata Kambudamani, Soundariamudramani, Yakantamani Rukmini Ghanakucha, Dwand Vaikabhu Shamani, Shreyode Vashikamani Radishatuno, Gopalacho He is the jewel riding on the back of Garuda. So Garuda becomes glorified. Because Lord Vishnu is on it. Everything has value. Garuda has so much value because Lord Vishnu is on it. Sits on it. Sits on him. So he is the jewel riding on the back of Garuda who carries away the Lord's devotees on his wings. He is the magic jewel protecting the three worlds. The jewel-like cloud attracting the Chataka bird eyes of the gopis. Now... um, A girl would easily be attracted to a boy, but when the gopis got attracted to Krishna, that was totally different. It was out of love. It is not like lusty feelings like what happens here in this material world. So, he was a jewel-like cloud attracting the Chātaka birds. Chātaka Chātaka bird, the, the uniqueness of Chātaka bird is that he drinks water from the cloud itself. He will drink water from the cloud. You will not drink water from the reservoir of water. So, <laughs> here that's why Chatakam Buddha Mani. And what is that? Gopi Lochana Chatakam Buddha Mani. See? Uh, and the jewel among all who gesture gracefully. So, Saundarya mudramani, Soundarya So, he is, you know, of all those who have graceful gestures. His is the best. He is the jewel among all that. He is the only jeweled ornament on the ample breasts of Queen Rukmini. Uh, who is herself the jewel of beloved consorts. You see. <coughs> May the crown jewel of all gods. Uh, the best of the cowherds grant us the supreme benediction. So even Rukmini, for a woman, you know, um, her pride is her breast. So usually that is the, you know, like um, like the jewel for the woman. Uh, The man gets attracted because of that. But Rukmini's breasts were glorified because Krishna was there, always in her heart. So in that way, even the gopis, they used to keep Krishna's feet on their breasts. So that was their real jewel, that Krishna was interested in the Rukmini. So in that way, When Krishna is interested in something, that becomes glorified. So, that's why Kunti Devi, she said that you have appeared in the family of the Yadu, King Yadu, to make his family glorious. So, because he is a devotee, you wanted to glorify him. Because Krishna is always looking to how to glorify his devotee. So, he does in various ways and He is always glorious, so when He gives attention to something, everybody's attention turns to that. You know, immediately. So He wants, He is using His position of authority to direct others' minds towards the devotees and glorifying them. You See? So like that, Krishna is always the... Um, he is always glorifying His devotees. Another um, nice verse from Mukundamala's Totra, Forty five. This is a very nice verse, actually. Dara Vara Karavara Teta Nujo Virinchi, Stota Veda Stavasuragana, Bhatia Varga Prasada, Mukther Maya Jagada Vikalam Tava Kide Vakite, Mata Mitram Ballari Pusutas. Na jane. Your wife is the beautiful daughter of the ocean, Lakshmi. Lakshmi was born from the ocean of milk, you know. So your wife is the beautiful daughter of the ocean, and your son is Lord Brahma. The Vedas are your panegyrist. Panegyrist means one who glorifies. See here. I don't know if I can zoom that. No, I can't zoom. So speak or write in praise of. Eulogize. So the one who glorifies. So the Vedas are your panegyrists So sometimes the kings have some, you know, chelas, you know, chelas means some, <laughs> some, uh, what is that, flatterers around him, you know, or poets, you know, they, they compose nice songs about him. Maybe his victorious wars or something like that, you know, glorifying his bravery, his beauty or, or his good rulership or something like that so the vedas are the panegyrist of the lord so they glorify the lord always so why why i'm showing you this verse how does it matter how is it how is it connected okay let, let us read the whole verse and then we will explain the vedas are your are your panegyrist the demigods the demigods comprise your company of servants and liberation is your benediction while this entire universe is a display of your magic power, Srimati Devaki is your mother and Arjuna, the son of Indra, is your friend. For these reasons, I have no interest in anyone but you. Now, everybody wants to pray to Lakshmi for you know getting wealth. Everybody, you know. But why she is so glorious? Because she is Krishna's wife, Lord's wife. And Brahma is, you know, such an exalted person. Everybody, you know, wow, creator of the universe. But who is he? Your son. Their glorious positions is because, are because of their connection with you in these many, way, many ways. The Vedas are so much glorified. Everybody quotes Shastra. Every learned person quotes the Shastra to prove his point. Why? Because they are spoken by you and they are meant to glorify you. The Vedas have so much importance because they are related to Krishna. And the demigods are... Oh, so many people pray to so many demigods to get their desires. How? Why? Because they are your servants. And they are carrying out your order. That's why they became so important that everybody, so many people pray to them. And while this entire universe is a display of your magic power, like if you see the scientists and geologists or all these, you know, we see the Discovery Channel, National Geographic, And similar such, you know, uh, wonderful videos and, you know, we read so many things about, wonderful things about the universe. But all that is because, it is your magic power. That's why it has any value. All that beauty that is coming, is because of you. So without you, there is, you know, it is devoid of any beauty. That's why um, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu says, shunyaitam jagat sarvam govinda virahename. you know without you the whole universe is is appearing blank it's just empty void that's when one has understood and one has come to love krishna hmm. but if he doesn't he's just kind of, he's just attracted to all these things but he doesn't know the actual cause of the beauty of these things so but devotee although he's not interested in these things he is not interested in Lakshmi. Ravan kind of people, they are interested in Lakshmi. They are interested to take women like Sita and you know, try to enjoy. Uh, devotee is not interested to enjoy Lakshmi. Demonic people are interested to enjoy. Um, and devotee does not care for Brahma's post or anybody's post. The devotees are already beyond the Vedas. Vishaya Veda, Bhava Arjuna. Krishna is asking Arjuna, you rise above the Vedas. Huh? So, they are even transcendental to Vedic Vedic rules and regulations as well. And they're not interested in demigods. And they're not interested in this universe, in this material universe. But, the devotee does not... um, He's not interested in them for sense gratification. Because everything is in relation with the Lord, yes, He will speak on every single subject matter. And everything that he, he, He speaks, He will bring it back to Krishna. He can connect everything to Krishna. That's why if you see Prabhupada, he, he spoke about crime, he spoke about drugs, he spoke about um, demigods, he spoke every subject in the world. People come to him for all, with all kinds of subjects, everything he will talk about and then bring it back to Krishna. Prabhupada said his spiritual master, bhaktisiddhanta Saraswaja Thakur also was like that. He was like a walking encyclopedia, any subject he would speak very de- in detailed manner and he will connect it to Krishna because everything is Everything is coming from Krishna. So how can anything not be connected with Krishna? So because devotee sees the connection, he will connect everything back to Krishna. He can and he can convince others also of that connection with Krishna. So a devotee, therefore, although he is not interested in anything, he will still speak on seemingly sometimes mundane subject matters. Like even Prabhupada, when in his... So many purports, and even in his um, um, magazines, "Back to Godhead," you know, he wrote many times that how the world can be, you know, can attain peace. You know, and he spoke about the United Nations, the failure of the United Nations. He was a critic. I mean, he was critiquing the, the materialistic endeavors to find a solution, which can only be found with Krishna consciousness. Otherwise, so otherwise we can't get those solutions. But they're looking for a solution. Without Krishna consciousness, and he was criticizing that. So why Prabhupada should even talk about United Nations when it is something to do with politics or something with this worldly affairs? Why is he interested in that? No, he is not interested in that. He is interested in Krishna, and he is interested in how to enlighten others about Krishna, because they are interested in the United Nations. So he is going there and talking about that and bringing them back to Krishna. That is what he is doing. So. In that way he sees the connection, everything with Krishna. anyway, going back, so he's so first verse she said like this that you know he is born because he wants to glorify devotees by taking birth in their families. Now Yadava families, Yadavas means oh it is everybody knows Krishna. His family is so glorified now, even now we know Yadava family means Krishna. Pandavas oh connected with Krishna. So, in this way, he is spreading their glories. Just by using his glory, he is spreading the devotee's glories. That's why the sandalwood appears in Malaya Hills. So, that is the explanation here. For that, I actually showed you all that. So, although sandalwood is a real attractive feature, but because it is found in Malaya Hills, so Malaya Hills is also glorified because it's connected with the something which is um, glorious. So, like that. So that is one reason of his birth, to glorify his devotees. Another. Others say that since both Vasudeva and Devaki prayed for you, you have taken your birth as their son. Undoubtedly or unborn, yet you take your birth for, the, for their welfare and to kill those who are envious of the dem- demigods. Surat this is again same. Paritranaya sadhunam, vinashaya chudushkritam. So you see here in the purport, Prabhupada writes in the beginning there. It is also said that Vasudev and Devaki in their previous births were Suttapa and Prishni underwent a severe type of, type of penance to get the Lord as their son and as a result of such austerities the Lord appeared as their son. So in this way, so some say that you had answered your prayers to your devotees and therefore you uh, became your their son and some say that you have come here to kill those who are envious of the demigods all are true it is not that it is not that one is true and one is not everything is true then Bhara bharavataranayanye bhuvonava Sidantya Bhuri bharena jato hyatma bhuvarthita same Others say that the world being overburdened, like a boat at sea, is much aggrieved. And that Brahma, who is your son, prayed for you and so you have appeared to diminish the trouble. So whenever there is a rise in... Actually the history of why Krishna came was, the earth was very much overburdened by the you know unscrupulous kings who were not devotees. And she went, she took the form of a cow and went to Lord Brahma to uh, you know, pray to him, asking for help. Because she was overburdened by kings who were completely demoniac. And then Brahma accepted her prayers, took compassion upon her. Then he went to the shore of milk, I mean shore of the ocean of milk, in the Shvetadvipa planet where the Lord is on the Anantaseesh, in the milk ocean. And there he prayed to the Lord with the Purusha Sukta prayers, and the Lord appeared, and the Lord agreed to come, and therefore he came. You see, so that is. So some say that because Brahma prayed to, for you to come, therefore you came. Some say that Vasudeva and Devaki prayed for you, that's why you came. Or some say that you have come for killing the demons. Some say that you have come to glorify your devotees by appearing in their families. Then next, Bhavesminkleshymanaanam avidya. Avidyā ka karmabhihi śravanasmaran ārhāni karishyanniti Chana. And yet others say... Nowadays it's out of lockdown, so people are like... I don't know if you've heard that motorbike sound. They're trying to show off that they have vehicles and they're trying to move about. Anyway, so... And yet others say that you have appeared to rejuvenate the devotional service of hearing, remembering, worshipping, and so on, in order that the conditioned souls suffering from material pangs might take advantage and gain liberation. You see? So others say that he appeared to rejuvenate the devotional service of hearing, remembering, worshipping. So of course, when the Lord is there, everybody was serving him in different capacities. And even for those who will come in the future, for them also, they will hear about these activities which will be laid out in books like Bhagavad-Gita, Bhagavatam, and they will also, you know, gain, you know, liberation. So, for that reason, you have come. So, but all these th- things are correct at the same time. So, in one action, he will fulfill many uh, purposes. Therefore, in the next verse, she says, gāyanti tam ta eva tāvakam Bhava pravaho paramampadambujam O Krishna, those who continuously hear, chant and repeat your transcendental activities or take pleasure in others doing so, certainly see your lotus feet, which alone can stop the repetition of birth and death. You see? Those who continuously hear, chant and repeat and take pleasure in others doing so, Suddenly see the lotus feet, which alone can stop the repetition of birth and death. So, in this way, Lord's, the Lord's uh, Janma is very full of Divyam and his karma also, which is Paritranaya Sadhunam, Vinaya In that two um, activities, he had summarized all his activities. That is the entire. In fact, he is only for the. Um, and Dharma Arthaya, of course. And that is all. Dharma Arthaya means again. The, to establish the principles of religion, and that principle of religion is there to save the devotees. Again, so there is also paritranasadhunam, and make people into devotees. Like we have all come to Krishna consciousness through the shastra that was presented by Shri Prabhupada. So dharma samsthapanarthaya, and the devotees they carry out the missionary activities of spreading this message of dharma to everybody. And therefore, we cannot even repay them. Uh, that is explained. So, so these are the reasons for Krishna's birth explained by Kunti Devi. She says also in the last verse of her prayers, Shri Krishna Krishna Sakavrišnirishabhavani dhrug Govinda Haravatara, avatāra bhagavan bhagavannamaste O Krishna, O friend of Arjuna, O chief amongst the descendants of Vrishni, You are the destroyer of those political parties which are disturbing elements on this earth. Your prowess never deteriorates. You are the proprietor of the transcendental abode and you descend to relieve the distresses of the cows, the brahmanas and the devotees. You possess all mystic powers and you are the protector of the entire universe. You are the almighty God and I offer my respectful obeisances." So he is... um, He is... um, Yogeshwarakhyala Guru. He is the... What is that? Okay, let's see that Sanskrit. He is um, Rajanya, Dhrug Rājanya Vamsha Dhanānapavarga He came to destroy all the troublesome kings. And Govinda, his name is Govinda, who gives pleasure to the cows and senses. Go Sura Arthi Haravatara. Uh, avatar means um, incarnation. He has incarnated to remove Hara. Haravatara. What to remove? The distress, arti, sura arti, arti, arti means um, not arti, arti, so this is different. So arti, sorry, uh, not arti, arti, arti hara, it means to relieve the distress, arti means distresses, and hara means one who destroys. He destroys the distresses of who? Govinda, go dvija, sura, go means cows, dvija means the brahmanas. And sura means the devotees. So he removes the distresses of Govin uh, God Haravatara. So he saves the devotees. This is Paritranaya Sadhguna. And Vinashaya Sadhskritham Dhrugrajanya nya So he comes to he come to sorry, he comes to uh, destroy the families of the uh, demoniac. And Dharma samsthapanarthaya. For that, Yogeshwar Akhila Guru. He is the guru for everybody. And because of that, he spoke the Bhagavad Gita and he re-established the principles of religion by giving us the knowledge. So in this way, she summarized the birth and activities of Krishna. So here, Vishwambha Prabhu has shared some verses. Uh, we will go through that now. And then we will go through another chapter which I wanted to take you through. So he has shared this um ten thirty three thirty six. So I have changed the color of the text to white. Yesterday was black and difficult to read. Today is easier. Ten thirty three thirty six. Oh we have <laughs> so many <clears throat> Okay. So many verses by Vishwamra Prabhu now. 10.33-36 When the Lord assumes a human-like body to show mercy to His devotees, He engages in such pastimes as will attract those who hear about them to become dedicated to Him. The next ten fourteen thirty seven There are no end of verses. Glorifying his birth. Actually. Prapancham nishprapanchopi Vedam bayasi Prapanna Prabho 10.14.37. This is by uh, Lord Brahma. My dear master, although you have nothing to do with material existence, you come to this earth and imitate material life just to expand the varieties of ecstatic enjoyment for your surrendered devotees. <coughs> then, 8.24.5 This is also shared by Vishwambar Prabhu. 8.24.5 Shri Shukov Vacha Go Viprasura Sadhunam Chandasam Apicheshwara Raksha Micchamsta Noordhate Dharma Syarthasya Chai vahe. Sri Shukadeva Goswami said, O King, for the sake of protecting the cows, brahmanas, demigods, devotees, the Vedic literature, religious principles and principles to fulfill the purpose of life, the Supreme Personality of Godhead accepts the forms of incarnations. Wonderful verse. So these kinds of descriptions are there uh, explaining the Lord's birth. Now, let's go to the prayers of the demigods who prayed to the Lord and also to Devaki when she was uh, having Krishna in her womb. It's a beautiful prayer. It's called stuti In the 10th canto, 2nd chapter, we will find this. So this is the 10th canto, 2nd chapter. So There also there are many nice descriptions of why the Lord comes. So as you know, the Lord ordered, ordered Yogamaya you know to remove. I mean to transfer Balram into the womb of Rohini, who was in uh, Gokul, and he himself took birth. Uh, he herself became a daughter of Yashoda, and then he became um, um, son of Vasudevan Devakim. Then, when she became, um, she was in the womb of the. I'm sorry. When Krishna was in the womb of Devakim. The demigods prayed to her. Hmm. You see, 10.2.25 from here until the 42nd verse is the Garbhastuti prayers. <clears throat> Actually, we will read the index, I mean the summary. Also nice to hear. Nice to read this. As described in this chapter, when the Supreme Personality of Godhead entered the womb of Devaki to kill Kamsa, all the demigods understood that the Lord was living within Devaki's womb, and therefore in veneration they offered him the Garbhastuti prayers. Kamsa, under the protection of his father-in-law Jarasandha, and with the help of his demoniac friends like Pralamba, Baka, Chanura, Trnavarta, Aghasura, Mushtika, Bana and Bhavmasura, began oppressing the members of the Yadu dynasty. Therefore, the members of the Yadu dynasty left their homes and sought shelter in such states as Kuru, Panchala, Kekaya, Shalva and Vidarbha. Only some of them stayed with Kamsa as nominal friends. Nominal friends means just like namesake friends just to not cause any trouble but they are not really friends and at heart. After Kamsa killed the Shadgarbhas, the six sons of Devaki, one after another, Dev entered Devaki's womb and was transferred to the womb of Rohini by the manipulation of Yogamaya who was following the order of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The Lord himself was who was soon to appear as the eighth son of Devaki ordered Yogamaya to take birth from the womb of Yashoda Devi. Because Krishna and his potency Yogamaya appeared simultaneously as brother and sister, the world is full of Vaishnavas and Shaktas, and there is certainly some rivalry between them. So, Shaktas are not just the worshippers of Durga, I mean, in the demigod worship, the way they worship um, Durga, they are called Shaktas actually, but anybody who worships this material world. Even though they may be so-called atheists, they are still interested in the material world. And that is the representation of Durga, uh, sorry, Durga is representation of material world. So, if somebody is interested in material life, he is called a shakta, a materialist. So, Vaishnavas are actual transcendentalists and Shaktas are materialists. And therefore, there is always conflict because the Vaishnavas, they think that the, the materialists are crazy and the materialists, they think that the Vaishnavas are crazy. So, always there is some conflict. Hmm. Vaishnavas worship the Supreme Lord whereas Shaktas, according to their desires, worship Yogamaya in forms like Durga, Bhadrakali, Chandika and Chandika. Following the orders of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Yogamaya transferred Baladev Sankarshan, the seventh child of Devaki, from the womb of Devaki to the womb of Rohini. Because Sankarshan appears in order to increase love of Krishna, he is known as Baladev. One may take auspicious strength from him to become a uh, devotee of the Lord and therefore he is also known as Balabhadra. After Yogamaya transferred the seventh child of Devaki to the womb of Rohini, the Supreme Personality of Godhead appeared within the heart of Vasudev and transferred himself into the heart of Devaki. Because the Lord was present in her heart, Devaki as her pregnancy continued, appeared effulgent upon seeing this effulgence kamsa was full of anxiety but he could not harm devaki because of their family relationship thus he began indirectly thinking of krishna and became fully krishna conscious see <clears throat> meanwhile from the lord's presence because of the lord's presence within the womb of devaki all the demigods came to offer the lord their prayers the Supreme Lord of Godhead, sorry, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, they said, is eternally the absolute truth. The spiritual soul is more important than the gross body and the super soul, Paramatma, is still more important than the soul. The Supreme Godhead is absolutely independent and his incarnations are transcendental. The prayers of the demigods glorify and exalt devotees and explain the fate of persons who superficially consider themselves liberated from the conditions of material nature. A devotee is always safe. When a devotee fully surrenders at the lotus feet of the Lord, he is completely liberated from the fear of material existence. By explaining why the Supreme Personality of Godhead descends, the prayers of the demigods clearly confirm the Lord's statement in Bhagavad Gita 4.7. Whenever and wherever there is a decline in religious practice, or descendant of Bharata, and a predominant rise of irreligion, at that time I descend myself. Now let's go to this 26th verse. <clears throat> Very nice verse, you see the verse itself Satya. Satya vratam satya param trisatyam satyasya yonim nehitam cha satyam satyasya satyam rita satya netram satyatmakam tvam sharanam prapanna. All about Satya. In the first verse of the Bhagavatam it is said Satyam paramdhima. We have to meditate on the absolute truth. So here, in so many ways, the Lord is um, glorified as Satya. Satya Vratam, Satya Param, Trisatyam, Satyasya Yonim, Nehitamcha Satye, Satyasya Satyam, Ritasatya Netram, Satyatmakam Tvam, Sharanam prapannaah. The demigods prayed, Oh Lord, you never deviate from your vow. That is called Satyavratham. Vratam means his vow. When he promises something, he will never deviate. But of course, sometimes for the devotee's promise, he sometimes does deviate. That actually... Sh- even shows his satyavrata quality even more because his devotees promise he keeps not only his promise he keeps but he is more concerned about keeping his devotees promise even more than himself That that is how much more he is satyavrata you never deviate from your vow which is always perfect because whatever you decide is perfectly correct and cannot be stopped by anyone being present in the three phases of cosmic manifestation creation maintenance and annihilation you are the supreme truth indeed unless one is completely truthful one cannot achieve your favor which therefore cannot be achieved by hypocrites you are the active principle the real truth in all the ingredients of creation and therefore you are known as antaryami the inner force you are equal to everyone and your instructions apply for everyone for all time you are the beginning of all truth. Therefore, offering our obeisances, we surrender unto you. Kindly give us protection. So, actually, these purports are also so nice. But, you know, we don't have that much time. You see, the you know, this one of the vrata of the Lord is this. In the Ramayana, he says, Sakrudeva prapannoyas tavasmiti chayachatem. Abhayam Sarvadatasmai tad Vratam Mama Vratam means vow. Mama means my. If one surrenders unto me sincerely saying, My Lord, from this day I am fully surrendered unto you. I always give him protection. That is my vow. Hmm. And Satyavrata and he will never go away from that vow. He will always keep it. Never did he his uh, vow uh, came out to be not true. Then, um, so much nice explanation here, actually in this, in this purpose to these verses, you know, you can read that. You see here. if there is any truth within this material world it emanates from the supreme truth krishna if there is any opulence within this material world the cause of the opulence is krishna if there is any reputation within this material world the cause of the reputation is krishna if there is any strength within this material world the cause of such strength is krishna if there is any wisdom and education within this material world the cause of such wisdom and education is krishna therefore krishna is the source of all relative truths satyasya satyam um, that is explained that is the verse you know today Satyasya Satyam rita satya Netram. So in this way, that's why in the eleventh chapter of Bhagavad Gita he says, you know, in many ways, or even seventh chapter also. He says, I am the taste of water, I am the light of the sun, I am the light of the moon, I am the I'm the om in the way v- on in the Vedas, and I am the ability in man, I am the sound in ether. So in different ways he's you know, what is the meaning of all that? Means with, by his when he invests his power in something that becomes powerful hmm. then next next verse this is a very nice verse very nice we can you can learn biology and mathematics in this one verse <laughs> you see ekayano sau dvipalas dvipalas trimulas chaturah panchavidhasya atma saptwa saptatwa kashta vitapo navaksho 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. The body, the total body and the individual body are of the same composition. Total body means the universal manifestation, the body of the entire universe and the body of our human body <coughs> are... Um, of the same composition. So the body may be may figuratively be called the original tree, Eka, Eka you no, know, the original tree which fully depends on the ground of material nature. Oh, sorry, from this tree, which fully depends on the ground of material nature comes two kinds of fruit. So first there is one tree of this body, in that there are two fruits. So one, two the enjoyment of happiness and the suffering of distress. The cause of the tree forming its three roots. So one to three now is association with the three modes of material nature, goodness, passion and ignorance. The fruits of bodily happiness have four tastes, religiosity, economic development, uh, economic development, sense, gratification and liberation, which are experienced through five senses for acquiring knowledge in the midst of six circumstances, lamentation, illusion, old age, death, hunger and thirst. The seven layers of bark covering the tree are skin, blood, muscle, fat, bone, marrow and semen. And the eight branches of the tree are the five gross and three subtle elements. You know, Panchabhuta and the the Sushma Shri, which is the three subtle elements. What are they? Earth, water, fire, air, ether, mind, intelligence and false ego. The tree of the body has nine hollows. Hmm? The eyes, the ears, the nostrils, the mouth, the rectum and the genitals. And ten leaves, the ten airs passing through the body, which are Prana, Paana, Vyanodana, Samana, and then there is Naga, Krikara. Um, what is that? Let's go there. Let's go there and come back. Three dot, six dot, seven, brief mention, and then nine. Same. The heirs of life are called Prana, Apana, Udana, Vyana, and Samana, and are also differently qualified as Naga, Kurma, Krikara, Devadatta, and Dhanjaya. Naga, Kurma, Krikara, Devadatta, and Dhanjaya. So, this is actually explained in more detail in the, this. The movements of the body are first generated from the heart and all the activities of the body are made possible by the senses powered by the 10 kinds of air within the body. The 10 kinds of air are are described as follows. The main air passing through the nose in breathing is called prana. The air which passes through the rectum as evacuated bodily air is called apana. The air which adjusts the foodstuff within the stomach and which sometimes sounds as belching is called samana. The air which passes through the throat and the stoppage of which constitutes suffocation is called the Udana air. And the total air which circulates throughout the entire body is called the Vyana air. Subtler than these five airs, there are others also. That which facilitates the opening of the eyes, mouth, etc. is called Naga air. The air which increases appetite is called Krikara air. The air which helps contraction is called Kurma air. The air which helps relaxation by opening the mouth wide in yawning is called the devadatta air. And the air which helps sustenance is called dhananjaya air. So these are the ten bodily airs. So in this way, you see how so nicely these prayers are mentioned. And Prabhupada writes very nicely in the purport. Material scientists cannot give such a thorough analysis of the material structure of the body. The analysis of the material scientist's concerns itself only with inanimate matter but this is inadequate because the living entity is completely separate from the material bodily structure. So that is very nice uh, this thing and of course there is so much explanation here. And it does not not just um, end with these 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 of the material body. But also then, in the last line, it, it describes the dvikhaga. Khaga means, nicely Prabhupada explained here, as indicated by the word dvikhaga. the living elements within the body resemble two birds in a tree. So, the body is made up of all these things, but then there are two birds on this tree. Vrikshe purushonimagno anishaya sochati Muhyamanaha. This is explained in the Shvetashvatar Upanishad. We'll go there. Let's, let me show you that. See? Mundaka Upanishad and Shvetashvatar Upanishad has this explanation. Um, vrikshe purushoni magno nish- Nishaya Sochati Justam Asya mahimānam Miti Vita Although the two birds are in the same tree, the eating bird is fully engrossed with anxiety and moroseness as the enjoyer of the fruits of the tree. But if in some way or the other he turns his face to the, his, his friend who is the Lord and who and knows his glories, at once the suffering bird becomes free from all anxieties. So Samane Vrikshay in the same bird, and in, in the same tree, sorry. There are two birds. So what is a tree? This body. And that tree of the body is explained in the nice description in that 10.2.27, which we have just seen. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Then there are Dvikhaga. As indicated by the word Dvikhaga, the living elements within the body, that means the soul and the super soul. Two living elements. Resemble two birds in a tree. kha means sky. kham, kham means ether or sky. So, Kha means sky and ga means one who goes in the sky, one who flies. That means a bird. Khaga. Khaga means a bird. That's why. Thus, the word Dvikhaga refers to birds. In the tree of the body, there are two birds or two living elements, and they are always different. In Bhagavad Gita, the Lord says 13.3 Kshetra three, chapi maam midhi sarvakshetre shubharata. O Sayan of Bharata. You should understand that I am also the knower in all bodies. The Kshetrajna, the owner of the body, is also called the khaga. Sorry, the Kshetrajna, the owner of the body, is also called the khaga, the living entity. Within the body, there are two such Kshetrajnas, the individual soul and the super soul. The individual soul is the owner of his individual body, but the super soul is present within the bodies of all living entities. Such a thorough analysis and understanding of the bodily structure cannot be obtained anywhere but in the Vedic literature. Now, in in modern medicine, one learns for so many years, I think six years, I think MBBS, I don't know some, how many years they learn medical science and then they know little bit, something. Still they have absolutely no idea of the soul and the super soul. Even the heart surgeon, the cardiologist, he also even opens the heart, he still cannot find the soul and the super soul who are sitting there only. Because we we can't see them with these eyes. Uh, we can't even see the mind, which we know it is there. So, how can we see the soul, who is even more subtle than the mind, huh? and what to speak of the supreme soul? So, this nice explanation is given here. Then it says, Tvameka eva satah prasootes tvaamsan nidhanam tvaam arugrahastha tvaamayaasam vritacchetasastvaam pasyanti na 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 vipaschito ye na vipaschito ye." Ippasthita means very learned, scholar, you see. The efficient cause of this material world, manifested with its many varieties as the original tree, Hmm? is you, O Lord. You are also the maintainer of this material world, and after annihilation, you are the one in whom everything is conserved. Those who are covered by your external energy cannot see you behind this manifestation, but theirs is not the vision of learned devotees. So, vipaschita, those who are actually learned, they see. Premanjana, Bhakti, Vilo, They can actually see the Lord all the time. But others, how much ever, may, they may be big, big learned people. But if they are not devotees, those who are covered by external energy cannot see you. Kunti Devi is also saying such verses. In the Harstuti, 1.8.18 and 19, <clears throat> Kunti Uvacha Namasye Purusham Tvadyam Ishwaram Prakriteh Param Alaksham Sarvabhutanam Antar Bahiravasthitam Srimati Kunti said O Krishna I offer my obeisances unto you because you are the original personality and are unaffected by the qualities of the material world You are existing both within and without everything yet you are invisible to all See that? so he is invisible although he is everywhere <laughs> he is within and without everything yet he is invisible then in the next verse she says why he is invisible maya javanika nalakshase mood nato natyadharo yatha being beyond the range of limited sense perception you are the eternally irreproachable factor covered by the curtain of deluding energy so there the curtain of maya is covering naham uh, prakasha sarvasya yogamaya samavritaha. you are um, irreproachable factor covered by the curtain of deluding energy you are the invisible sorry you are invisible to the foolish observer nashtadrasham exactly as an actor dressed as a player is not recognized hmm? Then next verse Bibharsirupan Yavabodha Atma Ksemaya Lokasya Chara Charasya Satvopapan Satvopapanani Sukhavahani Satam Abhadrani Muhukalanam <laughs> Again this is actually Paritrana Sadunam Vinashajatuskritam see Sukhavahani Satam Abhadrani Muhukalanam See, Sukhavahani means full of transcendental Satam of the devotees, abhadrani, all inauspicious or annihilation, muhu again and again khalanam of the non-devotees. O Lord, you are always in full knowledge and to bring all good fortune to all living entities, you appear in different incarnations, all of them transcendental to the material creation. When you appear in these incarnations, you are pleasing to the pious and religious devotees, but for non-devotees, you are the annihilator. And the purpose Prabhupada mentions, the main purpose is Paritranaya Sadhunam sathunam dushkritam But, by both the result is the same as you can see. Yet, even though the dushkritis or miscreants are annihilated, this is ultimately good for them. Because such punishment, especially when Krishna himself kills someone, he gets liberation. That is explained um, in this verse. Not only when Krishna kills them, when they die in front of Krishna, they will get liberation. Vijaya ratha kutumba atatotre, dhrithahaya rashmini tachriye kshaniye, Bhagavati ratiras tu me mumurshor, yamiha niriksha, hatha gatah svrupam. Bhishma Dev said this at the moment of death. Let my ultimate attraction be to Shri Krishna, the personality of Godhead. I concentrate my mind upon the chariot driver of Arjuna who stood with a whip in his right hand and a bridle rope in his left. Who was very careful to give protection to Arjuna's chariot by all means. Those who saw him on the battlefield of Kurukshetra attained their original forms after death. See that? So, just by dying in front of him, they got their original forms such is the benediction of the lord so although it looked like a very ghastly warfare so many people died and he appeared to save only the pandavas but actually he saved everybody everyone those whoever are there he liberated them this is a very nice verse too, actually 10 to 13 O Lotus Eyed Lord, by concentrating one's meditation on your lotus feet, which are the reservoir of all existence, and by accepting those lotus feet as the boat by which to cross the ocean of nations, one follows in the footsteps of Mahajans, great saints, sages, and devotees, by this simple process. One can cross the ocean of nations as easily as one steps over the hoof print of a calf. How? When we follow in the footsteps of the Mahajans. Let us explain here. na. Now, next verse is a famous verse which we have quoted many times svayam samuttirya sudustaram bhavat matrate nidhaya yata sadanugraho bhavan o lord who resemble the shining sun you are always ready to fulfill the desire of your devotee and therefore you are known as a desire tree vanchakalpataru when acharyas completely take shelter under your lord's feet in order to cross the ocean fierce ocean of nations they leave behind on earth the method by which they cross and because you are very merciful to your other devotees, you accept this method to help them. You see, the demigods are praying to the Lord before He is still in the womb of the Mother, but they are already you know, telling all those things that He will do. See, when Acharyas completely take shelter of your lotus feet in order to cross the fierce ocean of nations, they leave behind on earth the method by which they cross. And you accept that method, and those who accept that method, you will accept them. So that means they are already predicting what the Lord would do. So He will He will do so many nice pastimes, ever victorious pastimes, and He will have them uh, written down in books like Bhagavatam, and then He will send acharyas later on to preach that message. So in this way, the Lord is arranging for the liberation of all of us. So he is more than eager, more eager, much more eager than us to be to get us liberated. We are not that eager to get liberated from this material world, but he is more eager mm, to liberate us. I think there is one verse which I had been wanting to show from the beginning of the session, but um, forgetting. <laughs> so this is, um, I think, forty-two, forty-one. Let's see. No. Yeah. This one. Five dot forty two. chinmaya rasat matayama suya prane nam pratipalans marathamupetya Leela Bhuvanani Jayatya Jasram Govinda Purusham Tamaham bhajami. I worship Govinda, the primeval lord, whose glory ever triumphantly dominates the mundane world. You see that? Whose glory ever triumphantly dominates the mundane world by the activity of his own pastimes. So his pastimes are always victorious. The exact word is here. Leela Yatena Bhuvanani jasram." Jayati means always glorious, triumphantly dominates. Ajasram, ever. So Leela Bhuvanani jayati is always victorious pastimes. And Yah Praninam Pratiphalan Smaratam Upetya. You see, Pratiphalam means being reflected, Smaratam. Okay, we will see the translation. I worship Govinda, the primeval Lord, whose glory ever triumphantly dominates the mundane world by the activity of his own pastimes, being reflected in the mind of recollecting souls as the transcendental entity of ever blissful cognitive rasa. So the devotees recollect the activities of the Lord. The ever-victorious pastimes of the Lord are always reflected in the minds of the recollecting souls. Who are the recollecting souls? Devotees. Shravanam um, kirtanam Vishno smaranam. So devotees, they engage in Vishno smaranam. When remembrance of Krishna means also remembering his pastimes. Hmm. So all the things that he has done. So they are recollecting. So the activities of the Lord, the ever-victorious pastimes of the Lord are not only happening when He actually comes but they are always happening because they are being recollected in the minds of the devotees. So because they are recollecting all those activities, remembrance of the Lord and the Lord are non-different. The the physical, I mean the the presence of the Lord and remembrance of the Lord is not different. So when we are remembering the Lord's pastimes, it is as good as He performed the pastimes and by hearing of those pastimes it is as good as the lord performing his pastimes so and because the devotees are always glorifying the lord's pastimes the nitya lila of the lord is always going on like every day we sing the Narasimha prayer shila tankana khalaya you know <laughs> so the pastime of killing the demon hiranyakashipu is going on every day in the form of the song nitya lila and of course he he also that lila in different universes he performs the pastimes So, in that way, the activities of the Lord are reflected in the minds of recollecting souls. And this is the reason why He performs the pastimes. So that He creates topics for the devotees to think about. Because there are so many topics that uh, there are in this world. Different people are doing different things and people are talking about it. I think um, somebody was sharing with me some... um, I think recent, uh, I think yesterday or something, some Donald Trump, some, uh, you know, he went to a big stadium and, you know, the stadium was empty. He, he expected millions of people and he expected a, you know, sellout, but nobody came, you know. So, he's doing something. I mean, whatever it is, but people are talking about it. Whether it is good, bad, ugly, people will talk about things that pe- other people do. So, why to talk about all these things? So, give us some topic. So, that to give us some topic to talk about, worthwhile topic to talk about, the Lord comes and does all His Leela so that we can talk about it and get benefit from it. What are we doing in these classes every day? We are talking about the Lord and His activities. And that is purifying. So, explain in this 5th canto. thirteen. Yatrottama shloka Prastu gramya katha vighata, mukshor, Matim Who are the pure devotees mentioned here? In an assembly of pure devotees, there is no question of discussing material subjects like politics and sociology. In an assembly of pure devotees, there is discussion only of the qualities, forms and pastimes of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. See, he is praised and worshipped with full attention in the association of pure devotees by constantly hearing such topics respectfully. Even a person who wants to merge into the existence of the Absolute Truth abandons this idea and gradually becomes attached to the service of Vasudeva. So, this we have read. This is another very very famous verse that Prabhupada quoted many times. Someone may say that aside from devotees who always seek shelter at your Lord's, at the Lord's lotus feet, there are those who are not devotees but who have accepted different processes for attaining salvation. What happens to them? In answer to this question, Lord Brahma and the other demigods said, O Lotus-eyed Lord, although non-devotees who accept severe austerities and penances to achieve the highest position may think themselves liberated, their intelligence is impure. They fall down from their position of imagined superiority because they have no regard for your lotus feet. tathanate te kvachit vicharanti nirbhaya Vinayakani O Madhava, Supreme Personality of Godhead, Lord of the Goddess of Fortune, if devotees completely in love with you sometimes fall from the path of devotion, they do not fall like non-devotees, for you still protect them. Thus they fearlessly traverse the heads of their opponents and continue to progress in devotional service. So, nice purport also is there, but uh, no. you can read this at your convenience. Hmm. So next verse. Sattvam Vishudham Shrayate Bhavansthitao Shari Rinam Shreya Upayanam Vapuhu Veda Kriya Yoga Tapa Samadhi Tavarhanam Jana Sami O oh Lord, during the time of maintenance, you manifest several incarnations, all with transcendental bodies. Again, this is about incarnations, Janmakarma Chamedivyam. You manifest several incarnations, all with transcendental bodies beyond the material modes of nature. When you appear in this way, you bestow all good fortune upon the living entities by teaching them to perform Vedic activities such as. Ritualistic ceremonies, mystic yoga, austerities, penances and ultimately samadhi, ecstatic absorption in thoughts of you. Thus, you are worshipped by the Vedic principles. 10.2.35 10.2.35 Satvam na chedha taritam nijambhaved vijyana majyana bhida apamarjanam gunaprakash ranumiyate bhavan prakash... prakashate Yasya Nava navagunah O oh Lord, cause of all causes! If your transcendental body were not beyond the material, modes of material nature, one could not understand the difference between matter and transcendence. Only by your presence can one understand the transcendental nature of your Lordship, who are the controller of material nature. Your transcendental nature is very difficult to understand unless one is influenced by the presence of your transcendental form. You see, it is said, very nicely said, if your transcendental body were not beyond the modes of material nature, then one could not understand the difference between matter and transcendence. In other words, if krishna is not a spiritual person is is just an ordinary person in this material world then we cannot understand what is the difference between matter and spirit you see such clear knowledge is only possible by a person who is who does not have the defects of ordinary persons in this world so because krishna's body are beyond the modes of material nature by hearing his instructions He does not have imperfections. And so when he is speaking that perfect knowledge, then we can understand the difference between matter and transcendence. And that is real knowledge. Atma Tattvam is real knowledge. When we can understand, distinguish between matter and spirit. And that is exactly what Bhagavad Gita is all about. So, so unless we are, this is another thing. Your transcendental nature is very difficult to understand unless one is influenced by the presence of your transcendental form. This is also explained in the Prayer by Lord Brahma. Yeah. 10.14.29. Athapite deva padambujadvaya prasadaleshanugrahi the evahi Janati janatitatvam bhagavan mahimno nachanye ko pichiran vichinman. My Lord, if one is favored by even a slight trace of the mercy of your lotus feet, and feet means. There is a person, right? He has feet. So unless one is favored by a slight trace of the mercy of your lotus feet, he can understand the greatness of your personality. But those who speculate to understand the Supreme Personality of Godhead are unable to know you, even though they continue to study the Vedas for many years. Chiram vichinman. Not just many years, many lifetimes. They cannot understand. So, next... This is a very very nice verse. 10.2.36. Nana Marupe Guna Janma Karma bhir. You see Janma and Karma. Janma Karma Chame Divyam, he said. <speaking in foreign language> this verse, you see how it explains. Nana Marupe guna Janma Karmabhir Nirup Pitavyeta Vatasaksinaha Manovachobhya Manu Meya Vartmano deva kriyayam pihi. O Lord, your transcendental name and form are not ascertained by those who merely speculate on the path of imagination. Your name, form, and attributes can be ascertained only through devotional service. Na, nama, rupa, guna, janma, karma. All these things, name, form, qualities, birth, activities of the Lord cannot be understood just by ordinary sense perception. And even vachobhyam, even with our mind and words, we cannot understand. That's why there is a nice verse. Naya Atma pravachanayana labhyo. si Katha Upanishad said Nayamatma pravachane na labhyo namedayana bahuna shruteena yamei vaishvrunute tena labhya tasyai shaatma swam in the katha upanishad in another place same chapter it is said naisha tarkena matira ppaneya proktanyeinai va sugyanaya preshta yam tvam aapah satya dhritirbataasi svadranno Bhuyan Nachiketa So, this is the explanation. The fact is that the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the super soul, cannot be attained simply by explanations, logic and erudite scholarship. One cannot understand Him simply by one's brain substance. Even by studying all the Vedic literatures, one cannot understand the Supreme Lord. However, if one is slightly favoured by the mercy of the Lord, if the Lord is pleased, one can understand Him. But who are the candidates eligible to receive the mercy of the Lord? Only the devotees. They alone can understand what, this, what is the supreme personality of Godhead. The Lord reveals himself to the sincere devotee when he is pleased with his service. One should not try to understand the Lord simply from the statements of the Vedas, nor should one uselessly attempt to decry those state, these statements through reasoning and logic. So, in other words, we have to serve him, and when he is pleased, and that's when he will reveal. So today he is saying, in today's verse, janma karma devam evam yovatya tatvataha You must understand my janma and my karma, my birth and activities, in truth, in reality, then you will cross over this cycle of birth and death. But how to do that? By submissive uh, uh, reception of transcendental knowledge from Krishna through the Acharya. So, next, even while engaged in various activities, devotees whose minds are completely absorbed at your lotus feet and who constantly hear, chant, contemplate and cause others to remember your transcendental names and forms are always on the transcendental platform and, and thus they can understand the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Very nice verse. So, even if one is engaged in so many activities in this material world, if our minds are absorbed in the you know lotus feet of Krishna through hearing, chanting, contemplating, and causing others to remember, that means preaching, then does they always they can understand the supreme personality of Godhead. These purpose are also very valuable, actually, very nice. <clears throat> Dishtya oh haresya bhavata padobhuvho bharopaneedas tavajan tavajanmaneshituhu Dishtyankitam twat padakai shushobhanair drakshyam agamdyam chatavanukampitam O Lord, we are fortunate because the heavy burden of the demons upon this earth is immediately removed by your appearance. Again. Vinashayash Indeed, we are certainly fortunate for we shall be able to see upon this earth and in the heavenly planets the marks of lotus, conchal, club and disc that adorn your lotus feet. So, his footprints will be everywhere on the earth. So, they are saying that we will be... Uh, indeed, we are certainly fortunate for we shall be able to see upon this earth and in the heavenly planets the marks of the lotus... Conch, club, and disc that adorn your lotus feet. See, so his footprints will be soon marked, marking the so many places on the earth. So the earth will become fortunate, and even we also demigods, we will also come down to see that to, the, to see the footprints of you. Actually, Kunti Devi also has a prayer about the footprints of the Lord. I think it's one eight. 38, maybe 39. Yeah, 39. Neyam so bhishya tetatran yathedhanim gadadhara bhati swalakshana vilakshitaihim O Gadadhara, Krishna, our kingdom is now being marked by the impressions of your feet and therefore it appears beautiful. But when you leave, it will no longer be so. So again, the same point. That Krishna's lotus feet are the beautifying factor of the Pandavas were not interested in all this war. They fought such a big war, eliminated all their cousins, and sit on the and sat on the throne. It looked like wow, they're so greedy that they kill their own family members to just sit on the throne. It looks like that. But when Krishna left this world, Yudhishthir Maharaj did not even speak to his brothers or his wife. He just walked straight out. Straight out. Without even speaking a word. Nobody. He did not speak to anyone. And following him, all his brothers and wife, everybody, Draupadi, everybody were followed. And they silently went all the way to the Himalayas. And they gave up their bodies. That means, although it looks like, oh, he was after this um, wealth and fame and opulence of, you know, that's why he killed all his uh, cousins and all. They were not in the least interested. Not in the least. They were interested only because Krishna asked them to do so. Now when Krishna was no more there, he he you know he already left this world. That's it, the Pandavas had no interest in the world anymore. Then why were they interested before? They were not interested in the world ever. They were never interested in the world. But they were interested in Krishna and Krishna wanted them to become rulers. So they accepted that. They fought for it. Because Krishna wanted them to fight. Otherwise, they had no desire. That's why Arjuna in the beginning, you know, I, I, I let them have it, and let them have the throne. I will go to the forest. But Krishna said, no, I want the, my devotees to rule the the world because the whole world must be directed in the proper way. I want you to be the king. Hmm? So, when finally Bhagavad Gita was spoken, Arjuna agreed. So, only for Krishna, did they seemingly appear, and even Arjuna, I mean, Yudhishthira Maharaj did the Rajasuya sacrifice, Ashwamiya sacrifice. These are all usually karma kanda activities. But he was not interested in all those results at all. He was interested because Krishna was there. Krishna was asking him to do something. He will do. He, Krishna asked me to do Rajasuya Yajna. I will do. Krishna asked me to do Ashmedha Yajna. I will do. Whatever Krishna asked me, I will do. He was not interested in the Rajasuya Yajna. He was not interested in the opulence. He was interested in Krishna. So that is the... Um, difference between the devotees and the non-devotees. So, the devotees will use everything but in Krishna's service. In connection with Krishna, everything is value for them. Otherwise, they are not interested in anything. Like a uh, aeroplane. The whole life, Prabhupada never uh, I mean, never went on an aeroplane until 70 years old. Even to America, he went on ship. So for his own personal reasons, he was having business, he was having pharmaceutical business in, a, in Allahabad and he had to go to, between Calcutta and Allahabad and he had all these travels to do. And he, with his father also, he went to many holy places, he never used them plane. For preaching, oh, how much he traveled 14 times around the globe, so much in the last 12 years of his life, so much, otherwise he was not interested in the plane, he was not interested in the other countries. In fact, Prabhupada said that when he was a young man, uh, there was arrangement for his him to go to the London for, to become a barrister, you know, a, a lawyer. But Prabhupada's father said, "I don't want my son to become a mlechha by going to the foreign country, because mlechha means one who is devoid of Vedic culture, meat eater, and a, you know, not in any Vedic culture. So I don't want my son to become like that. So his, his father did not even want to want him to cross the ocean." But when he was old, uh, he became old, he went, he crossed the ocean. But this time, he was not interested to get a career there. He was not interested to study something there. No, no, no. He wanted to give them the education of Krishna consciousness. So his travelling, his use of opulence, and he was benedicted with so much opulence. He was interested in all that, not because of those things. He was interested how to use them in Krishna's service. Otherwise, personally, he had no interest. And you see this one also, 8.38. Very nice explanation here also. <laughs> Kunti Devi is saying, As the name and fame of a particular body is finished with the disappearance of the living spirit, similarly, if you do not look upon us, all our fame and activities along with the Pandavas and Yadus will end at once. So, your glance on us is very important for us. Everything else doesn't matter to us. All the so-called importance we have is only because of your mercy. Your mercy, and we are not caring about that importance at all. But we want that your glance upon us will never be taken away from us. So, that's their prayer. So, the demigods are also praying like that. That your your the marks on your feet will bless this world so then we are actually reaching the end of these prayers i think three or four more verses nate te nate bhavasyesha bhavasya karanam vina vinodam bada tarkayamhe bhavo nirodha sthirapya vidyaya kratayatasvaya bhayaashraya atmane O Supreme Lord, you are not an ordinary living entity appearing in this material world as a result of fruitive activities. Therefore, your appearance or birth in this world has no other cause than your pleasure potency. Out of his own sweet will, he is coming. Therefore, his birth birth and activities are divyam. Similarly, the living entities who are part of you have no cause for miseries like birth, death, old age and disease except when these living entities are conducted by your external energy. In other words, we also don't have any such work in this material world because we also don't belong here. But because we have forgone or forsaken Krishna, now we have to be conducted by the external energy, Maya, and therefore we go through this life, I mean birth and death. Ah, this is another beautiful verse related to today's topic. Matsya Narasimha. Oh, this is the other 14, which is vasanta telakam matsya shva kachchha panar simha varaha hamsa rajanya vipra vibudhe shukrata avatarah oh tvam pasina stribhuvanam cha yathadunesha bharam bhuvoharayadu uttamam vandanam o supreme controller your lordship previously accepted incarnations as a fish a horse a tortoise narsimhadev a boar, a swan, Lord Ramachandra, Parashuram and among the demigods Vamaradev, to protect the entire world by your mercy. Now please protect us again by your mercy by diminishing the disturbances in this world. O Krishna, best of the yadus, we respectfully offer our obeisances unto you. So Janma karma chame divyam. He took birth not only as a human being but also as so many species and sometimes species which are not even found, Narasimha like, you know, not even found. So. Like that. Then next 10 to 41. Dishtyam, oh Dishtyam, Bate Kokshi Parapuman Amshena sakshat Bhagavan Bhavayana Mabhudhayam Bo japateer Mumur Shore Gopta Yadunam Bhavita Tavat Majaham. O Mother Devaki by your good fortune and ours, then now they are addressing Devaki. By your good fortune and ours, the Supreme Personality of Godhead Himself, with all His planetary portions, such as Baladev, is now within your womb. Therefore, you need not fear Kamsa, who has decided to be killed by the Lord. Your eternal Son, Krishna, will be protected of the entire Yadu dynasty. So, in this way, after thus offering prayers to the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Lord Vishnu, the transcendence all the demigods with Lord Brahma and Lord Shiva before them returned to their homes in the heavenly planets. So that's the some explanation on the transcendental birth and activities of Krishna and the prayers offered to the offered by the demigods. So now we will take questions. Okay, so first question by Bhakta Virendra Lord Krishna says to Arjuna in Bhagavad Gita uh, 18.66 verse that Give up all types of religions religions and surrender unto me. Similarly, Lord Buddha says to his followers to surrender unto him Bhuddham Sharanam Gachami Dharmam Sharanam Gachami Christians say, Jesus is the only way, while Muslims surrender only to Allah. That may be the reason why Krishna said to give up all religious paths, since the Supreme Lord knew that in Kali Yuga, people will surrender to many religious paths. No, no, no. That is not the understanding. The thing is, um, all of them are saying the same thing, like, Jesus is the way to, you know, see, Jesus said, I am the way the truth and life. So, through the Guru only we can go to God. So, there is nothing against our uh, philosophy. So, Muslims say, surrender only to Allah. Same thing. Allah and Krishna are not different. So, it is not different religions. It is the same religion explained according to the time and circumstance to this particular people. So, that is not the reason. He is saying, Sarvadharman Dharmaan means that if you have thought anything other other than surrendering to God as religion, give up that. Because people take to religious performances to get this, get that, get this, dharma, artha kama and even moksha. No. Just surrender to me. Moksha will automatically come. Krishna is saying. Sarva uh, don't even worry about moksha. Forget about the other three. Dharma, artha kama. So anyone who is after these dharma, artha kama and even moksha they are having these desires, but that is not true religion. True religion means ahaitukya yayatma So he is asking us to give up materially motivated religion. Um, what is that? Dharma prajjita kaitavotra, kaitav dharma. This cheating religion, which is materially motivated, that he is asking us to give up and surrender to him. That is real religion. Bhakta Virendra, do the prophets of Parsi religion, Judaism, Islam, Jesus Christ, Gautam Buddha, Jain, Tirthankars, were sent by Lord Krishna, the Supreme Father, to bring people on the religious path, but they preached differently and did not preach as was taught by Krishna? No, they all taught as they were ordered by Krishna. According to the different places, you know, they had to be taught differently. That's why if you see all these religions, they don't have as much information as we have in our Vedas about Krishna, about, about God, about His form, about His activities, about His devotees. But they have some information. So, they also will get you know, full benefit if they follow. So, it is not that they taught something else. They taught the same thing as was Buddha is himself, Krishna himself, Krishna's incarnation. So, they all did what they were asked to do. But, the real religion is to uh, surrender to Krishna and which is also, which is the same thing taught by uh, many other religious forms but it is more explicitly and more uh, conclusively um, established in the Vedas. Next question by Bhakta Venkatesh um, For someone who used his talent both for material and spiritual, at least that is better or all talent need to be used only for Krishna? So actually everything should be used for krishna because bhoktaram yagn tapasam he is the enjoyer of everything he is, he is he should enjoy the result of all our talents or activities or anything like that yeah. so we we can actually everything is supposed to be used for krishna's service but when person is when somebody is engaged in anything material then he gradually has to be channeled his energies should be channeled toward Krishna but ultimately he should come to a point where he is only serving Krishna so it will not happen overnight so it will ha- take some time but actually by right everything is supposed to be for Krishna's pleasure that's why he says <laughs> 927 Whatever you do, whatever you eat, whatever you offer or give away, and whatever austerities you perform, do that, O oh son of Kunti, as an offering to me. So, whatever you do, do it as an offering to Krishna, not to anybody else. That is the actual injunction. But in the beginning, one is using all for different, different things. So, one has to be slowly channeled to this path. At least accept one person first, two person, three person. One day it will come to 100%. Next uh, question by Bhakta Virendra. Okay, there is this another verse quoted, ten thirty three six which is also about Krishna being the jewel. Ten dot thirty three dot six bhagavan devaki maninam haimanam maha marakato yatham in the midst of the dancing gopis lord krishna appeared most brilliant like an exquisite sapphire in the midst of golden ornaments See? You see here, I think, I think yesterday there was a question by Tapasya Prabhu. Yashoda Nandana and Devaki Nandana. So here there's a nice explanation by Bhaktisiddhan Saraswati Thakur states that Devaki, besides being the name of Vasudev's wife, is also a name of mother Yashoda as stated in the Adipurana. Dve namni nanda Yashoda devaki ticha. So, the wife of Nanda has two names, Yashoda and Devaki. So, Devaki Putra um, is also same for um, Yashoda Putra, Yashoda Nandana. So, same. So, there are two names for Yashoda, the wife of Nanda, Yashoda and Devaki. So, next question. Mm, Question by Bhakta Virayandra. Dhruv Maharaj was benedicted by Prishnikarbha Incarnation who is the son of Sutapa and Droni. Um, Well, I don't remember like that. It's just Lord Vishnu who came and... He just appeared. Sutapa and Droni... Oh, no I, I don't remember it like that the lord just came you know from the Vaikuntha he came and appeared before him then next question um by krishna smaranam prabhu some christians believe that jesus was god and that he will come again can we say yes he came and his name is lord Chaitanya. No, I mean, Jesus is never God. Jesus Himself said, I am the Son of God. So, if He at all came again, then that is Prabhupada. So, Prabhupada actually glorified the mission of Jesus Christ. And He spread, Jesus Christ's mission was to spread God consciousness, and Prabhupada actually did it in the highest possible form. Radha Krishna love He spread all over the world through the chanting of the holy names. And Jesus also said, Hallowed be thy name from dawn to dusk, O thou art in heaven. So he also glorified the chanting of the holy name. And Prabhupada actually spread the holy name, Gram Sarvatta Prachar There is no other mission than that. So Prabhupada already did it. <clears throat> Next question by Murari Prabhu. Garuda, why did he eat meat? So Garuda is one of the eagles. So he is always chasing the snakes. It is said, and um, <clears throat> so it doesn't matter, you know, whether that's why even when one is even if one is animal, uh, he is accepted by the Lord if he is devoting. So um, Garuda, by his nature, that's like know um, what is that of course garuda is a transcendental bird in the spiritual world that there is no meat eating here yes sometimes it is explained that he chases uh, snakes and that's why that kalia actually was you know kalia came to yamuna so why because eagle usually they you know they they find his water snakes so like that so but that doesn't uh, reduce his position as a as a servitor of the Lord doesn't because as it is said in that verse so many what is that eleven twelve three to six right eleven twelve like for example I will give you another example when Wali um, was killed by Ram- Ramachandra Bhagavan. Uh, sugriva uh, one i mean he, he had all these vanara army under his control but vali's wife was given to sugriva because in their community that is right usually i mean when brother dies the, the the wife of the is not the wife of that man is not enjoyed by the brother right but in their in their um, vanara society uh, that is not wrong so he gave Vali's wife to Sugriva, So, but still it is not, you know, he, oh your illicit sex I won't accept you, no, he's just, you know, that's why it is said here, 11, 12, 3 to 6, you see, in every Yuga many living entities entangled in the modes of passion and ignorance gained association of my devotees, um, one second, yeah. Thus, such living entities as Daityas, Rakshasas, Birds, Beasts, Gandharvas, Apsaras, nagas, Siddhas, Charanas, Guhyakas, Vidyadharas as well as other such lower-class human beings such as Vaishyas, Sudras, women and others were able to achieve my supreme abode. Vritasura, Prahlad Maharaj and others like them also achieved my abode by association with my devotees. As did personalities such as Vrishaparva, Bali Maharaj, Banasura, Maya, Vibhishana, Sugriva, Hanuman, Jambavan, Gajendra, Jatayu, Tuladhara, Dharmavyadha, Kupja, the gopis and Vrindavan and the wives of the Brahmanas who were performing sacrifice. So even in the 5.19.7, Hanuman says, uh, yesterday also we have seen that verse. Na mahatona saubhagam <laughs> apinova one cannot establish a friendship with the Supreme Lord Ramachandra on the uh, basis of material qualities such as one's birth in an aristocratic family, one's personal beauty, one's eloquence, one's sharp intelligence, or one's superior race or nation. None of these qualifications is actually a, actually a prerequisite for a friendship with Lord Sri Ramachandra. Otherwise, how is it possible that although we uncivilized inhabitants of the forest have not taken noble births, Although we have no physical beauty and although we cannot speak like gentlemen, Lord Ramachandra has nevertheless accepted us as friends. So, so, here we find. So, there is no, if, if I mean, if the Lord is using Garuda as his carrier, who are we to even comment on Garuda? That's we have to understand. Okay, next. Um, Sanjay Sukhdev. What is the difference between lord krishna and lord shiva are the same no they are not the same <coughs> so brahma samhita five again this question has nothing to do with today's class So, 5.45, here you can see. Just as milk is transformed into curd by the action of acids, but yet the effect curd is neither same as, nor different from its cause viz milk. So, I adore the primeval Lord Govinda, of whom the state of Shambhu is a transformation for the performance of the work of destruction. So, that is the difference between Krishna and Shiva. So, Krishna is like the milk and Shiva is like the yogurt. So, when you add some acids to the milk, it will become yogurt. So, similarly, the the touch of the material world that is with Lord Shiva, because he is directly the husband of Durga, Parvati, so that's why he has he is directly in touch with the material world and that's why he is compared to curd. The, the material world is compared to that acid. But Krishna is pure. He is uncontaminated, untouched by material world, material nature, and therefore he is compared with the milk. So there is a slight difference. So yogurt in one sense is the same as milk, but yet it is not milk. Its purpose is different. It, its action is different. So like that, there is a slight difference between... Lord Shiva and Lord Krishna. <coughs> Although it is slight, but it is quite a bit because uh, Lord Shiva is actually a servant of Krishna. He is uh, the best of Vaishnavas. Vaishnavanam Yathashambhu. That's why we should not consider Yastunarayanam Devam Yastunara. You see this? devam rudra bhavetruvam A pashandi or atheist is one who considers the great demigod such as Lord Brahma and Lord Shiva equal to the supreme personality of Godhead Narayana. And similarly, um, others, <coughs> other verses are also there. There is one verse in the Mukundamala Stotra which I want to show. Fourteenth verse. Krithvi renu ranupayam sikhanikaha Phalghus phulingolaghus Tejo nishvasanam marutanutaram Randramsu sukshmam nabha Kshudra rudra pitamaha prabhritaya Keta samastaha suraha Drishteyatrasatarako vijayate Shripad dhulikana Once our Saviour has been seen That means Lord Vishnu The whole earth becomes no greater than a speck of dust. All the waters of the ocean become mere droplets. The totality of fire becomes a minute spark. The winds become just a faint sigh. And the expanse of space becomes a tiny hole. Great lords like Rudra and grandfather Brahma become insignificant. And all the demigods become like small insects. Indeed, even one particle of dust from our lord's feet conquers all. And lord himself says, "Ekam shena sthito jagat. You know, Just by one particle of mine, I am maintaining the entire universe. So, Lord Shiva and Lord Krishna are not the same at all. You should never consider that. (coughs) But, we offer our greatest respects to Lord Shiva because he is a great devotee of Krishna. But we don't worship him. So, next question by Bhakta Ayappa: If Subhadra is Yogamaya, how she married Arjuna, who is reflection of Lord Indra, but her husband is Shiva, right? In this, just like Radharani, how she has a husband Abhimanyu, when her actual, she is an eternal consort of Krishna. So these are, you know, pastimes and different capacities, Krishna, you know, uh, and his devotees, they are all, you know. Yoga Maya is actually sometimes known as Durga, but sometimes also known as. Subhadra Devi, you know, who is Yogamaya in the spiritual world. In the material world, she is known as Durga. So anyway, to, to Haridas Thakur, she came as a prostitute. Maya Devi herself. So she is neither. She is of course. Um, Durga in her original form is Shiva's um, wife. This is a pastime, you know. Lord, you know, how he wants to. You know engage his different devotees in different ways so therefore Subhadra also became uh, married I mean wife of Arjuna next question by Bhakta Virendra Lord Krishna is most opulent but his real mercy makes his devotee poor while Lord Shiva who has no home and lives in crematorium favors his devotees with riches and opulences kindly explain um, well Actually, just explained one one of the purports of, by Prabhupada. Uh, that uh, Lord Shiva, he is called Ashutosh. He's e- he easily gives material benedictions. Whereas Krishna is interested in our spiritual welfare. The demigods are more or less like merchants. So in correspondence to our... Um, corresponding to our worship, they reward us. Kankshantas, kang, uh, What is that? Sarvatam... What is that? 4.12, I think, Bhagavad Gita. Kaankshantam Karmanam Siddhim Yajanti Ihadevata. So that is the, uh, yeah, I think 4.12. Yes. Kshipram Himanusheloke Siddhir Bhavati Karmacha. Men in this world desire success in fruitive activities and therefore they worship the demigods. Quickly, of course, men get results from fruitive work in this world and especially true so for Lord Shiva. Lord Shiva's devotees are usually wealthy, you know. But it is like merchant. It is like when you go to a shop, as much as you pay, you can get. the The shopkeeper is not really um, merciful upon you, because he he just wants that money, and he just gives you according to that money. So the demigods also they only give such things according to our worship. But devotees are actually very merciful. And Krishna especially he's like a father now if you go to a shop and pay some five dollars and or I don't know how much a cigarette packet costs if you pay that much and you will get a cigarette box and you will be like 10 or 20 cigarettes inside but if you ask your father I want a cigarette you'll get a slap I mean if he's a good father (laughs) so um, so it, it looks like wow the shopkeeper is better than my father. You know, even the shopkeeper is better. He's at least giving me what I want. Is my father can't even give me what I am asking for. So it's like that. But who actually cares for the well-being of the boy? The father. So he will not easily give things which will unnecessarily increase the feverish condition of the material world. Rather, he will give him his own lotus feet, and that fulfills all desires. And as explained, we have shown that verse many times. Shirmad Bhagatam five nineteen twenty seven Satyam <speaking in the language> Dishatya yartitam artito niranam naivartado yet puna artita yataha Swayam with hatte, ichapidhanam the supreme personality of godhead fulfills the material desires of a devotee who approaches him with such motives but he does not bestow benedictions upon the devotee that will cause him to demand more benedictions again however the lord willingly gives the sh- devotee shelter at his own lotus feet even though such a person does not aspire for it and that shelter satisfies all his desires that is the supreme personality of godhead's special mercy and that's how krishna benedicts his devotees mm. bhakta then why pandavas worshiped demigods so again all the karmakandiya activities that they did like even arjuna he worshiped lord shiva to get the Pashupadastra. but he's never he never did that you know as a, because it was all because lord krishna ordered all that whatever they did even looking as if it looks like karmakanda activities they were never interested in such activities they were interested in krishna like gopis They did Katyaayini Vrata. They worshipped Katyaayini, who is Durga, to get a good husband. And what was their prayer to her? Give Krishna as our husband. And therefore, Krishna satisfied them by stealing their clothes. Because a woman can become naked only in front of her husband. So, he fulfilled that desire by doing that by asking them to come before him naked and then after that he also had the Raslila dance. So all that was all that was um, you know explain is it, this verse actually explains that. Wait. So but it doesn't mean that they were devotees of Kathyani. Bhakta Ayapa is saying, is it true that Radharanya was married to Abhimanyu? Not the Abhimanyu that was Arjuna's son, but another Abhimanyu in Vrindavan. So <clears throat> that is to, that, that relationship with Abhimanyu is just to show the, um, what is that? Parakiya Abhava, the paramour love that Radharani, that mood that she has for Krishna as a paramour. So to exhibit that in the material world, you know, she is known to have, um, is known to have a husband and his name is Abhimanyu. Okay, so this is the prayer of the gopis Katyayani Mahamaye Mahayogin Yadhishwari Nanda Gopasutam Devi Patim Mekurutenamaha Itimantram Japantyastah Pujam Chakruhoka Kumarika Kamarika. So each of the young unmarried girls performed. Sorry, actually it's Kumarika. Why is it red? Said Kumarika. So actually it's Kumarika. So each of the young unmarried girls performed her worship while chanting the following mantra: O Goddess kathyayani O Great Potency of the Lord, O Possessor of Great Mystic Power and Mighty Controller of All, please make the son of Nanda Maharaj my husband. I offer my obeisances unto you. So that's the prayer of. So even when even though they go to demigods, they are not doing demigod worship for antavatupalam tesham, the 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 perishable benedictions that one gets from the demigods, they go and ask them for the mercy of, uh, to get Krishna. So that's the difference. But of course we can't imitate them because we are not as exalted as the gopis. If you go to the demigods, we will be distracted by material desires and ask for, yeah, yeah, I know I um, I also want Krishna, but okay, in the meantime, can you kindly give some job to my husband or, you know, some, some first rank for my child in the school. Uh, and we, will, we will pray to Krishna only, we will pray to Krishna but in the meantime, just please um, remove obstacles Ganesh. Please you know, uh, remove, um, because if he doesn't get first rank, you know, I, I, I don't know what to tell the devotees in the temple, what my son did, you know, studies, so at least, you know, so these kind of things will creep in. So, <laughs> because we are not advanced, <laughs> therefore um, Prabhupada actually completely, even though Rupa Goswami himself said that every devotee should worship Ganesh before starting Krishna worship, so to remove all all obstacles in the worship of Krishna. But still, Prabhupada said no for us because he knows us very well. How we will be distracted. So Ganesh will come, then we'll think Ganesh will feel very bored if we, well, Kartika is not there. Kartika also let's put him there. Or oh, how can they be there without their parents? You know, they will be very, you know, put them Parvati and Shiva. And then you know, then oh, what about other Devatas who are their friends? What about you know uh, Narada who is also another son of Brahma, so Shiva and Narada are... Of course, Narada is a pure devotee. There is nothing wrong in keeping Narada. But then, you know, there is um, Prajapati, Daksha and all these Daksha is also another son. So, in this way, we will start all kind of demigod worship. So, to stop all that hmm, and not get us into all these contaminations, so Prabhupada said no. So, rather we worship Narasimha So, in the spiritual world, there is a spiritual Ganesh who is Vishvak who is the Lord as Ganesh but he also removes the obstacles so this material Ganesh in this material world is a replica of that Vishwaksena so we worship Vishwaksena and of course Narasimha Dev from whom actually Ganesh gets the power to destroy all the obstacles so we go to the di- source direct so that is how it is there so the pure devotees are never bewildered by all this so-called seeming demigod worship it is not demigod worship actually Uh, Balaram Debnath uh, question how can we understand a person is self-realized well Vaishnavar Kriya Mudra Vigyana even a most learned person cannot identify a Vaishnava. but still Arjuna also asks Krishna what are the symptoms of a self-realized person so Krishna explains those um, in the 2nd chapter and in the 14th chapter in the 2nd chapter 54th verse and 14th chapter 21st verse Arjuna asked the same question, what are the symptoms of a transcendentalist, of a self-realized person? So, and then Krishna explains, you can go and read that in the 2nd and 14th chapter to get some idea. But then, when we see real people sometimes even then we can't understand sometimes. So, anyway, if we are fortunate, actually it is said that only a pure devotee can identify another pure devotee. So, one has to become a devotee first. When he becomes devotee, the more and more, then he will be able to see what who is a non-devotee, who is an envious person, who is an innocent person, who is a self-realized person, who is advanced, who is not, who is, so everything he will see. So as we become more and more advanced, then we will be able to see more and more clearly. That's why the second class devotee is meant to see that. Who is um, what? Innocent, who is envious, who is a devotee, who is the Lord. And even among devotees, as we can see in the nectar of instruction, how to associate differently with different devotees. That was explained in the fifth fifth verse of the Nectar of Instruction. Krishna tiasya giretam nasadriyeta diksha sticheet pranati bhischa bhajan tamisham susru shaya bhajanavigya mananya manya ninda disunya mirdam One should mentally honor the devotee who chants the holy name of Lord Krishna. Who chants the holy name, we should mentally honour him. One should offer humble obeisances to the devotee who has undergone spiritual initiation, Diksha, and is engaged in worshipping the deity. And one should associate with and faithfully serve that pure devotee who is advanced in undeviated devotional service and whose heart is completely devoid of the propensity to criticize others. So in this way one is one has to associate differently. So as we in I mean advance in our devotional service we will be able to understand. In the beginning, especially Kanishtha Adhikari, he cannot know who is a self-realized and who is a devotee, who is non-devotee, who is advanced, who is not. Nothing he knows. So he makes so many mistakes because of that in in his dealings. So as we become more and more advanced, then we can learn all these things. The next question. Um... Uh, Question by Sharanam Ram Prasad. When Lord Krishna says, give up all varieties of religion, surrender unto me, what does he mean? (laughs) Well, he means nothing other than those words. Give up all kinds of materially motivated religion, surrender unto me. And that's it. It means do what I say. So what is he saying? What should we do? So that he described. And man mad bhakto, maam satyumte, pratijane this is what he is asking us to do this is what he is asking us to do Bhagavad Gita 1865 always think of me become my devotee huh? worship me and offer your homage unto me thus you will come to me without fail I promise you this because you are my very dear friend. So this is his order. So we have to follow this. That's what he means by surrender. And how to do this? How to think of him and how to become his devotee? All these are require a lot more explanation, right? Becoming Krishna's devotee is a very broad subject. Thinking of him, how to think of him, all the details are a broad subject. How to worship him, another broad subject, deity worship and all this. And how to to offer homage, how to... um, Pray to the Lord, how to offer prayers, that is another large long subject. So, all these are explained in the Bhagavatam and exemplified by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in the Chaitanya Charitamrita. So, we have to read these scriptures. At least you can start with the nectar of devotion, which already has all these principles, everything, all these how to do. That's why Rupa Goswami wrote that book. So, we have to read that. And then we will know what is means by surrender to Krishna. That means there is no other desire. Anya Bhilashita Shunyam. Every other desire is zero. Just surrender to Krishna. Whatever Krishna asks me to do, I have to do. Usually when one goes to God, he will ask God, um, Krishna please give me that, please give me this, please please give me that. So, he is always giving the order and Krishna has to fulfill. Of course, Krishna will choose to fulfill or not, but he is always giving order. But no, we have to change that. Surrender means you give order, I will carry out. Uh, that's why devotee is called Sarvarambha Parityagi in the second, uh, 12th chapter 16th verse. Sarvarambha parityagi. means he has no Arambha. He will not start a plan. He accepts Krishna's plan and executes it. In execution of that plan, he will have many plans. He will make many plans. But the original plan is going, coming from Krishna and he executes that. So that is surrender. Next question. By Bhakta Virendra. Death ends everything by giving Athi's materialist's repeated birth and death hell or birth in lower animal species, while a devotee is given place in eternal kingdom by the mercy of Krishna. Yeah, so that is So, you are saying, is this correct? So, it is correct. (laughs) (coughs) (coughs) So, maybe I can show a verse there. Srimad Bhagavatam. I mean, some are very obvious. (laughs) Obvious answers. So, 2, 3, 17. This verse is there. See, <clears throat> both by rising and by setting, the sun decreases the duration of life of everyone except one who utilizes the time by discussing topics of the all good personality of Godhead. So, anybody who is not Krishna conscious the sun by rising and setting is reducing the lifetime but not of the devotee who is engaged in Krishna consciousness because after this so-called death he will have eternal life. He will enjoy eternal so actually he's not becoming his his lifetime is not being robbed because he's just going what is what it means by lifetime being robbed that means whatever we are doing in this world are, are going to come to an end at the time of death. All our achievements will come to an end but the achievement of a devotee will never come to an end because he will just continue from where he left off. That's why death has no meaning for him because he just will continue. Next question. You mentioned that it takes a pure devotee to know another pure devotee, but many of us have accepted Sri Prabhupada as a pure devotee even though we are hardly pure ourselves. So, this is the mercy of Prabhupada. Yes, so Bhaktivinoda Thakur, he has given explanation. Here, Bhaktivinoda Thakur, let's show you, the, show you that. one second hmm shri thakur so that devotee should also know his own position and should not try to imitate a devotee you know situated on a higher platform. Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur has given some practical hints to the effect that an Uttama Adhikari Vaishnava can be recognized by his ability to convert many fallen souls to Vaishnavism. One should not become a spiritual master unless he has attained the platform of Uttama Adhikari. So, of course, we did not see this quote and accept Srila Prabhupada as a spiritual master and as a pure devotee, although this is one of the indications that Bhaktivinoda Thakur is giving. But there are devotees who also may not like Kishore das Babaji, he also, of course, preached but not as extensively as Prabhupada. But still he is a pure devotee, right? So, uh, it's even harder to, f- uh, uh, what is that, uh, understand that they are pure devotees. Like Vamsithas Babaji, very difficult to understand their personalities. So, only by the mercy of a pure devotee we can understand him. Just like by the mercy of the Lord we can understand him, by the mercy of pure devotee, if he chooses to, you know, and if a person is sincere, look, sincerely looking for, so it's like Guru Krishna Bhakti Lata If one is sincerely looking for self realization, then he will be shown the bona fide spiritual master. And then by learning from him, then you will understand, okay, this is pure devotee, this is, oh, so my spiritual master is a pure devotee. So by the mercy of Prabhupada, yes, as you said, so we understand that um, he is a pure devotee. Alright. That is the end of the session, I guess. Thank you very much for putting up with this long session. Bhagavad Gita Ki Jai Shri Krishna Janma Bhoomi Ki Jai Janmashtami Ki Jai She's coming, I think, August. Yeah, still some time is there. So, yeah. So next we will see tomorrow 4.10. And we will see more of how a devotee can go to Krishna by accepting these these principles, that, by understanding Krishna as he is. Alright, so Bhagavad Gita ki jaya, shila prabhupad ki jaya, anta kodi ki jaya, nitai, gaur primante, hari hari Hare hari Krishna.